This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. This episode is brought to you by GroCo Postnatal Rehab. GroCo was founded in 2018 by chiropractor Dr. Ali Kane when she was 32 weeks pregnant with her first baby. She wanted to create a rehab program that supported women through the physical, mental, and emotional challenges of motherhood. The GroCo methodology is aimed at preventing, reducing, and resolving symptoms women have been made to think are an inevitable consequence of childbirth. GroCo is offering the Mom Room Podcast listeners 30% off their one-time payment to be a GroCo member. Classes stream 24-7, so you're able to do them whenever it works best for you. There's also a weekly live class with a GroCo doctor and also a monthly master class. The goals of GroCo are to be accessible to women, be supportive, but also provide them with a high quality rehab program. Everything is focused on your core and your pelvic floor, which you guys know that I love. Use the link provided in the episode notes to sign up and use the code MOMROOM, M-O-M-R-O-O-M, to get 30% off. Your pelvic floor will thank you. All right, this is Friday's episode. Welcome. Today I am talking with Tova and Mike Lee about marriage after kids. And when we started our conversation, they had a little moment where they were discussing technology with regard to our podcast recording. Uh, And I thought I would just leave it in because it was a good intro for an episode about marriage after kids. So I wanted to put this little intro in here so that you don't get confused and think I messed up the editing somehow. Um, This is how the episode is just going to be today. So enjoy the episode. It is super funny. I just re-listened to it this morning as I was doing a pelvic floor uh, workout. And yeah, here it is, Tova and Mike Lee. No, it won't be good because she will hear herself through our mic. No, I don't though. Yes, she will. She yeah, isn't. yeah. She isn't. No, but he, oh, okay. <laughs> she's talking now. Pretend it's the podcast. <laughs> We're talking. She's fine. No, but she will be recording herself through what? Okay, I don't know. I feel. No? I, I, I feel like I'm going to keep this part in the podcast. <laughs> no, please do. Since it's about marriage, like you guys, you, you guys just uh, argue, and I'll wait here. But this is like how great we are with technology, right? It's, it's a miracle we have a podcast. This I've I've been on other people's podcasts, and I've forgotten to put my headphones on, and I've stopped it in the middle of the recording, and been like oh my God, do I need to have headphones on? And they're like, no, you're fine. And I'm like, okay, you could just edit that out, I hope. Like, yeah, so I think we're good. All right, so thank you guys so much for being on my podcast. I'm such a big fan and so excited to have this conversation with you guys. So initially, when I was thinking about what I would say in the intro, like usually I introduce people and say like, 
you know, what they do and what their profession is. And I was like, Tova does so many things. I don't know what to call her, like blogger, uh, writer, author, like content creator. So how do you, like, what do you describe yourself as? <laughs> Mike called me eccentric this morning. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That just yeah. sums it all up. Yeah, I was being kind. Yeah. yeah. I took it as a compliment, though. Yeah, I'm glad you did. I really did. Oh. Nobody's ever called me eccentric. <laughs> I've, 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 I've wanted to get there my entire life. I feel like I've achieved my yeah. my dreams now. Like um, you attack totally eccentric. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, let's let's launch it. Let's <laughs> launch it. Or just like a book, eccentric. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh my God. Uh, I don't know. It's funny because it's part of what I write about, what I wrote about in my book. Uh, I can say, are we allowed to say the F word on this podcast? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, my book, Fucked at 40, is about, one of the things it's about, it's about kind of like not having those labels, you know, just not defining yourself as one or the other. And it's funny because I never thought that. I always thought that I needed to choose you know, like, what am I? What am I? And I sort of needed to choose. And then somebody said to me, why do you need to choose? Can't you just go and just change the word or with the word and also? And then my life became so easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm all of the above. Okay, I'm going to take that <laughs> advice because that's how I feel now too. I'm like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing all these things and it's fun. So I'm continuing yeah. to do them. Like, exactly. So. Can you tell the people who are listening why, I know you started your blog in 2015. So why did you start that blog and how did it kind of evolve into all the things that you're doing today? Um, so I think quite similar to you, because obviously you came on our podcast uh, last week and uh, I, I, your story really resonated with me because it's such a similar story. I was um, you know, I want to say young mom, but I was never a young mom. I was a new mom. And uh, I had uh, twins and we, we had three kids in the space of two years. And I, you know, I, I felt like I was the biggest failure there ever was. Like motherhood didn't come naturally to me. It wasn't easy. I looked around me and everybody else looked like they were just, you know, baking cupcakes and like they had their shit together. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I just was not there. So I think the blog was a result of a really bottled in frustration that I had to just get out and just, you know, put out into the world, honestly, not knowing how it would land and how anybody would take it. Um, so it definitely was not something I planned on. It just started as a, you know, a way for me to survive and get through motherhood, really. And then from there like different opportunities popped up like from your writing I guess yeah I went I yeah I mean I was I, I, I had a I had a part-time job uh and I was not definitely not monetizing the blog it was like a really expensive hobby you know <laughs> <laughs> really that's what it was um and uh and then suddenly you know we sort of between us decided that I you know I said to Mike I you know, we have this second income and it's nice. It helps. Uh, you know, we, we, we need it, but it's like, we can survive without it for a while. Can I, can we just like, can I give this a go, you know? And, uh, I left my job and, uh, we sort of thought, okay, we got three months. We got three months. You need to make this work in three months. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're back in the office. And, um, 
The next week I got approached by an American agent who said, uh, I can get you work. And uh, my Facebook page was 350,000 people by then. Um, I didn't have Instagram or TikTok or a podcast or anything. It was literally just me with a Facebook page. And um, you know what? He delivered. I, 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 the next week was opening a box of vibrators. No, I'm kidding. It, it wasn't vibrators to begin with. It was, um, what was it? The first Come box. I'm trying to think. What was that? I don't know. Like some box of something. And suddenly I was making money and I was like, oh my God, can this be something? Uh, and of course, other things came along after that. People asked me to write a book quite early on, and I didn't really want to because they wanted me to write a parenting book, mm. um, a sort of how-to book or maybe how-to-not book and all these type of things. But um, I felt like it really wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't for me. So I kind of didn't. And then uh, I had a midlife crisis when I was 40 uh, and sort of, um, you know, sort of went on my little journey of rediscovery, which is what my book's about and thought, now I actually feel like I have something I want to write about. Um, so the book happened and Mike's been doing podcasts for years and for years I've begged him to do a podcast with me and he wouldn't. So now finally he's doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I listened to your podcast just the other day I was driving to the gym and I was listening to the one on love languages and I was like going to pee my pants. I was like, this is so funny. And then, so of course I come home that night and I'm, my husband and I are on the couch and I'm like, did you know there's five love languages? And I'm like listing them off for him. And I'm like, what do you think yours is? And I'm like, no, but it's interesting because you can have a different one and I can have one and it might not match. And he's like, oh my God. <laughs> so, oh, it's so funny. So it gets us kind of into our topic for this episode, which is marriage or romantic relationships after babies. So before we talk about that, I kind of wanted to hear about how you guys met, which I know because I listened to your podcast um, and my husband and I met the exact same way. Uh, so how did you guys meet? We met, we met online. We met uh, probably one of the very... Uh, early days of internet dating was I think. it though well 2007 people were doing it, obviously but it was uh i thought you were online as... for many, many oh, years oh what years i years years <laughs> come on i dated on. everyone in my own i had to move, I had to move out. <laughs> exactly I, had to move to a different city. I was your last chance oh uh, yeah exactly. exactly no no we met we met online on a dating site uh toba had moved to england two years before yeah two years before and we got in touch and then bizarrely through the dating site we didn't actually meet up but I think you gave me your Facebook yeah. profile or something anyway and then I um a few months later I don't know why either if I'm honest you were drunk met, probably drunk <laughs> yeah. it was a Sunday morning um <laughs> messaged you on Facebook you know hello how are you yeah. and you then she replied with I'm very stressed at the moment I've got my showcase coming up because Tova trades as an actress, uh, and I'm an, I'm an agent, I'm a talent agent, um, which she clearly forgotten, because I replied with, oh, let me know when it is, I'll come along. And her reply was like, what, why would you, what, why would I invite you to this? And I went, don't you remember, I told you I'm an agent, vroom, she was on the phone. It was actually night time, it wasn't yeah, morning. That night, straight on the PM. phone. <laughs> straight on the phone then, really? Yeah, and that's, 
and how we how we mess up. He's never forgotten that, by the way. No. Like how rude I was to Rick at 10 p.m. I, this is quite funny because Mike's very British, obviously, mm. and I I'm originally from Israel. So for uh, for me, there is no rudeness. Like you cannot do anything that would actually offend me or be rude because you know. I'm Israeli. So I, 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 you know? <laughs> I just think there's a phone call cutoff point, <laughs> particularly on a Sunday. I, I go most evenings, but you know this is not mobile phone texting. Proper land was it land on a mobile? Yeah. I can't remember. I but it was a phone call. There's a cutoff point. Surely on a Sunday you don't call someone after ten o'clock. <laughs> do you? Do you call really someone off? Been after, over ten years. Would you just pick? Would you call someone you don't know? <laughs> it's different if it was your mother. Would you call someone you don't know? To go, hi, how are you? Wait, but what's After so funny PM. about uh, this no. story? Thank you. Yeah, right? But what, no, but what's so funny about the story is like, as a Brit, he will never say when something is like not right. I rang him and he was very polite. That's Why didn't polite. you say? Why did you ring me at 10 o'clock? Uh, you you know, I can I relate. Know like being was. Canadian, that would be me too. Like, oh, hi, hi. Yeah, no, you, you, <laughs> you didn't wake me up at all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Am I rude? Like, yeah, that's that would be me too. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year. And we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed.
you know, Mike doesn't correct me at all. Like even uh, when I make mistakes in English for years, I used to say like things wrong. He would never tell me. He thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So this is an important question. <laughs> Who, because my husband messaged me on the online dating site, and this is very important. And right. I remind him of this every week. So <laughs> who messaged who first? I messaged yeah. you. I messaged, yeah. Yeah, I had a sort of set cut and paste routine. <laughs> I was really? Just, yeah, yeah. It's just tiring, otherwise. Yeah, I had my, my funny profile, sort of a cut and paste that one too. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. <laughs> Uh, uh, and uh, there we are. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, do you guys remember your first actual date, and what was that like? Yes, we oh. do. It wasn't so. Our first date was not an official date because, like Mike said, he I as the, the moment I realized he was an agent, I wanted to meet him. But in my mind we were meeting for a business meeting mm. and I'm, it's quite embarrassing like to say now, but I showed up, you know, like with, you know, with my CV and headshots in a bag, mm. I had prepared two monologues. One was a comedy <laughs> one and one was a Shakespeare monologue. And I was completely prepared to wow. recite the monologue. <laughs> like a total nerd. Yeah. I really was. Um, and he went, we went to this comedy club, like the Canal Cafe, which is... Like, yeah, it was, it's a theater pub. Yeah. yeah. And he was, he was, uh, he, he went to see an act. I can't, No, no, you no? Your, she wanted you to sign her. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then I just stood there sort of like quite like a geek waiting outside the station. And then he showed up and he kind of, you know, stepped out of his car. <laughs> with this long kind of jacket and I thought oh my god he's hot yeah. I didn't like his picture like I had no I didn't, I didn't fancy him one bit like it, it was for me it was work that was it not interested but as soon as I saw him I was like oh my god he's quite yeah. hot and then he knocked over a whole bottle of wine yeah. with that coat inside okay. the you bar know, it was, was it winter it was winter yeah, red wine coat over, coat over the arm just swinging Red, white, everywhere. Yeah. Classy. And I thought, yeah. brilliant. He's also clumsy. Yeah. This is good. This is very good. Uh, but it was super professional. And mm. uh, we talked about the industry. And I, I never got to recite those. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One until, day. Until now. Yeah. Until now. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine? And uh, and that was it. And then, you know, we tell the, I told the story a million times. But um, I think, like, this is what... Uh, did it for me was that he rang me or texted me the next day or the same day I can't even remember it now and he said um, he said I don't date people that I represent so I don't want to represent you can we go on a real date um, yeah, so so then we did we yeah. went on a real date yeah. Yeah. and he really he, you know our first date really is our best date I was making an effort then he took and so was there a specific time for either of you where you were remember thinking like oh this is the person that i'm gonna marry oh wow good question i don't i don't have a moment do you no, no, not married, but you had that moment, wasn't it like uh, November? Guy, no, was it? No, I was away. Oh, no, no, you're right. This guy from the state. No, November, November. 5th, 
Um, so we've been going out. Well, so this was September. So okay. This was September. So end of the there was a day, here, here you've got November the 5th, Guy Fawkes Nights, like a firework night. And I was with friends. And I remember being with friends thinking, I really wish Tova was here. And then you and rang that's me. that's when I had in my head thinking, me. that must mean something, that I'm with my friends and yet I wanted here. And that's when I called you. That's what I thought we were, we were definitely calling. Call me. And I was like, who's this? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I remember, I remember that call. I remember yes. where I was in yeah, the flat I was, I was when I uh, took that call. Yeah. So yeah, I remember it. Mm. So for people mm, yeah. who are listening, that may not know how old are your children right now so our eldest is nine and we have twins that are seven mm. okay so a little yeah. bit older kids i think most of my listeners are probably like have young young kids so i thought yeah. this was the perfect topic because you can kind of give us some advice on i know you guys called it the fog in one of your podcasts yeah. <laughs> um but how would how would you describe your relationship like if you think back to before you had kids like the the couple years before you had kids what what would you describe your relationship as it's very it's true it's so difficult to remember it yeah. really is gen i could barely remember i mean the fact you mentioned you know you know first date i can't remember what we did, where we went, where did we go away? We anywhere? went to nice places. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> we, we probably nice, yeah, nice conversations without kids' class. Yeah, it, you yes. know, it's the, you know, you, there's no point kidding yourselves. When you have kids, everything changes. Yeah. Your your relationship with yourself changes. Your relationship with your partner changes. It changes, and I think so many people kind of fight that, and we kind of fought it yeah. to a certain degree. You fight it so much, you go, no, this is me. I'm not used to this. But once you accept, look, this is another phase of my life. Uh, it's a phase, and this is going to have these are the ups and the downs. And you just accept it. It makes it so much easier because yes, of course, you you miss the going out or the I can't go out because there's a feed in whatever time and all that stuff that goes with bringing up kids. But that's you know. But as my single friends say, when I used to moan, hey, you signed up for us. This is what you signed up for. This is what you sign up for. I just want to say for the record that I totally disagree with everything that Mike just said. <laughs> um, no, I disagree that you see that as it's happening. Although, to, to be fair on you, you did. And I, and I wrote about this in the book. When we were going through the fog, right? I didn't see it as a phase. It was horrendous in so many ways. You know, I don't know, it could be a man versus woman thing. Although I do think that men go through, um, you know, something as well when they become a parent. Of course they do. But I, I don't know, I can only talk from my perspective. Everything changed. From a physical point of view, the hormones, the raging hormones. You know, I had uh, postpartum depression, didn't even know it. Um, I had two very traumatic uh, births, C-section. I had preeclampsia with the twins, nearly died after delivery. Like these are traumas yeah. to the body, to the soul. You don't recover from that in one day. You just don't. So when I was, when we were going through those years that I call the fog and our relationship was not in a good place at all. And for any parent out there who's going through it right now and you're in the shits with your partner, with yourself, with everything, it's, it, please know that, uh, we've been through it. Other people have been through it. I don't want to say it's normal because I, I don't want to, like, I, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, 
you know, there, there are things maybe that could be done. We didn't do them. But Mike was annoyingly saying to me throughout that time, it's a phase. It's a phase. We will get through it. It's a phase, which, by the way, really irritated me at the time because I was like, this is not helpful. Uh, but, you know, at now when we laugh about it and we look back, I know he was right. It was a phase. Um, and we did come out of it stronger, you know, uh, but it was a very long and, and, and torturous phase, you know, for, for many, many years. I think, you know, we, again, only speak for ourselves. We didn't get much family help. No. Um, Tova's family live abroad. Uh, my parents were quite elderly, and my mum, for the to the twins, was ill and, and and finally succumbed to cancer. So we didn't have that. A lot of people, hopefully, have that small, even if it's small, that family support. A brother, a sister, a mum, dad, and a, an auntie a who you just drop off and just go. We need to do this. We need to, great, whether, whether it's date nights, whether it's just we need to do some bloody shopping, whatever it is. And when you don't have that, yeah, sorry. Of course, it's hard because there's no break. It's this constant. Yeah. And again, and if you don't have the money to have loads of wonderful help, um, I mean, you know, when the twins came about, literally anything we had that was worth yeah. anything we sold we sold i sold anything that i had to have like help to just get to get help. because we knew from child one the nights the night yeah. feeding and we, we knew we, with two, yeah, with two waking at different times and all that and you know you know god women know this morning sleep deprivation i mean you honestly you yeah, can't it's a killer it's an absolute killer sleep deprivation you're literally not yourself when you've got it so we kind of knew for kid two and three we've got to do anything to get some help and, and that really helped. And I just want to say, uh, you know, Mike was saying date night and stuff like, again, for me in that period, if somebody would have come to me and go, uh, I, I think help is the key, by the way, help. I was ashamed to ask for help for a very long time. There's a stigma about it. Like I felt, oh, isn't it my job to be disheveled, shaking in a corner with the Pinot in my hand at the end of the day? Like, isn't that what motherhood is supposed to look like? And, you know, that type of thing. And, and you know, how, who am I to ask for help? Like, look at her. She's got four kids and her kids are really well behaved and like are sleeping through the night at three months. So like, what am I going to, but it doesn't matter because it's subjective and, you know, and you don't even know what that other person is really going through. You just see what you see and they probably think the same about you. So uh, if I, if I'm ever asked like, what advice would you give new parents and new moms? It would be get help, get any help you can ask for help. If anybody offers help, say yes. It's like any type of help. It's so okay like just take it take it take it and ask for it um um and we our biggest i think the biggest thing again mike insisted and probably you couldn't should have insisted more but i'm quite a strong annoying person so like maybe <laughs> it, maybe he didn't have the opportunity but he did insist when i turned 40 we went to vegas um and the kids were still very very young this was five years ago so the mm. twins were only two um but we had booked it we had booked it way in advance uh, so it was like super cheap and we were like, right, it was coming up and it was coming up and it was five days. And, you know, last minute I was like, I'm not going to go. Like, I can't go. How can I go? Like, how can I leave my kids and mom guilt and all of that? Um, and I said to Mike, let's just change the ticket. Go with a friend. Like you take mm -hmm. someone, go with a friend. I won't go. And he, he kind of really insisted. He was like, no, we need this. Like we need to go. Mm -hmm. And when we went, by the way, the moment we got on the flight, forgot all about the kids. Like we were just 
in a different zone. It was so easy to switch off. Um, but I, I remember we were sitting in a restaurant. I think it was uh, Sushi Samba, mm -hmm. which, by the way, was not great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting in Sushi Samba, chatting, laughing. And I remember looking at him and thinking, oh, my God. Ah, that's why I like you. <laughs> like, I, I just, it was gone. We just, I didn't like him. You know, it was like... Ah, you make me laugh. We have a lot in common. We we get we got good chemistry. It was such a great thing to do, you know. Um, yeah. So again, for any couples out there, I'd say totally find the find those opportunities. And, and, and going back to that trip, ironically, there was in, you know in in the UK to go to the US, you don't need a visa now. You need an Esther yes. uh, stamp, yes. which I forgot to get because <laughs> I didn't know. I just thought oh, you don't need a visa. Let's just go to the airport. <laughs> So when we got there, we didn't have them. So we're furiously going online, Wi-Fi not working. We missed the flight. First night, we missed. Um, managed, but it was Virgin, one on Virgin. They got us on the flight the next day. Great so, airline. So, the, so the, the, the events that we planned to do in Vegas, love the musical. Yeah. Who did we see? Britney Spears. Britney Spears. We were shattered because of the... Um, Fell asleep. Because of the um, jet lag. Yeah. So like, first show, like, a final work, first show. <laughs> So Virgin Virgin Airlines saved your marriage. Yeah. Absolutely. We yeah. should we should write to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can make a commercial yeah. for them. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, so anyone out there, if you get the opportunity to get a few days, it doesn't, doesn't matter where it yeah. is. Take them. I was. Take I thought them. you were going to say anybody out there working for Virgin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is he serious? Totally, yeah. <laughs> That's. I feel like my husband and I. We had planned because we live on the outskirts of Toronto, and I remember just before Christmas we had planned like a couple nights. My mom was going to come stay with Milo, and we were going to go downtown and like go to comedy shows, whatever. And then Milo got sick and there was a huge snowstorm. So that got canceled. And then we had something else planned and then quarantine started. So that got canceled. Ugh. We were just supposed to go to like, um, there's a place nearby that's all like wineries and stuff in Niagara Falls. Mm -hmm. That got canceled. I was like, oh my God. Like, so yeah, we're mm -hmm. at that point. Like we need to go and do something, but with quarantine mm -hmm. and with COVID now, it's hard to, to get people yeah. to watch yeah. your kids and yeah. So this episode is brought to you by little spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Lil Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. 
The Little Spoon plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner. They have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment and there's also a glossing detangler, which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. Um, so yeah. Right now, would you say like your kids are older, you're out of that fog, but would you say your relationship is back to what it was before? Or do you think it's kind of evolved and turned into a new thing? No, I think it ne- can never go back. <laughs> it's gone. It never goes back. It can't. It doesn't. It changes people. But I don't, I, I mean, I, honestly, I, I, I feel much happier now like um with our relationship um and with how we are far more like i feel like um these past few years this is also like a personal thing a thing between us like we have i i feel like i've never been so honest with anybody else in my life if i'm being honest like i really feel like my you know a lot of people say my partner is my best friend my partner is my best friend and I question that again in my book. I question it a lot. I'm like promoting my book here, but like I'm trying to say that like, I really did question it. What does that actually mean? There are things and parts of me that I'm not really, um, I'm not really sharing with Mike because I feel like maybe they're inappropriate for me to share with my partner, or maybe they're going to be intimidating to him or whatever. And then I thought, well, how can I keep saying that he's my best friend if I am not 100% honest and that I think has made us very closer, j- j- close like to be able to do that. I think we laugh much more now. I think we do. Like we we laugh together much more than we did before. Um, you know, and I also think we've been really lucky in how our works our work is. Both of us uh, work majority of the time from home, which has meant that when it comes to the children and when it comes to our family we really do share the responsibilities 50-50. And that was not always the case in our relationship. And again, not because of any real sit down choice that we made as a couple, but just because for some bizarre reason, it's kind of like the done thing, Mm -hmm. you know? We had babies, I stayed home, Mike went back to work after two weeks and suddenly I was on the WhatsApp groups with the school and I was the one doing this or that. And I suddenly at some point turned around and said, actually, 
why is it just me on the WhatsApp groups? Was there any reason for it? <laughs> and then it was like, and Mike was never, he was never um, opposed it. It was just never brought up. Just like when they were babies, and this is another thing I say to young parents, is there's this conception that because you're a woman, you have this maternal instinct and you know how to do everything. And for me, this wasn't true. And I think for a lot of women, this probably isn't true, but we don't say it because you feel shame because you say, oh, I'm supposed to have this thing and I don't, so something's wrong with me. So what happened was because of this expectation, when things, when we did tackle new things as new parents, whether it was first time doing the kid's bath or whatever, you know, Mike would sort of look at me and go, uh, how do we do it? And I think to myself, I don't give, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know, but, uh, somebody needs to know in this relationship. So I would go, uh, here's how you do it. And no idea. Right. And then what happened was <laughs> I started knowing how to do things and he didn't have the confidence to try because he, he thought, well, I don't have a maternal instinct and she clearly does. And I didn't, uh, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And then like this sort of that uh, gap started opening and suddenly I was really good at putting di diapers and I was really good at doing this and that. And you know, when you get to that point, you go, oh, just let me, I'll do it oh, myself. Give, it me. give me, I'll do it myself. Yeah. And then you end up sort of doing everything. And we had something quite good happen to us very early on, uh, four months sorry, my eldest was four months old. We went to Edinburgh. Mike was promoting a show there and I was in a show. Um, and I would have to leave the apartment every evening at five to get to the show. And Mike would come back at five to sort of switch over. So he'd work all day, come back at five. I'd go out for a show. First night, I was shitting myself. He is going to kill her. Like he needed to do the bath. He needed to do the feed he needed to put her to bed and I thought he's going to kill our baby like that's it and I was so stressed out ran home after the show walk into the apartment and this quiet I'm like where is she you know and he's like she's asleep you know like what is wrong with you and I suddenly realized and of course the place was messy and he did it his way not the way I wanted but it didn't matter she was fine everything was fine and we always laughed that by the end of that run, it was three weeks, I just started leaving earlier and earlier every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the end, it was like three o'clock. I got to go. I got to yeah. go. Isn't your show at seven? Yeah, but I got to go. And I just went. And it was so good. But it was good. Because was. boy, I had to bond to it. It was good for you. It, and you get it was really good for me. Yeah. It was really good for me. You couldn't do the, uh, oh, can you do this? It's just you. you it's just you. It you had to figure it out. Or your kids don't want to be happy. So... But yeah, that, that, that was really helpful. That's, yeah. I talked to so many moms who, uh, you know, like along the same lines, they, they say like, they're not comfortable leaving for a night to go out with their girlfriends or something to leave their child. And similar to you guys, I had the experience where I had to leave town for days at a time to do my school stuff. So my husband was home with Milo when he was a baby and it just like, it was fine. And also he's a, he's because of his work, he's a physician. I was like, well, I know that part's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he'll, yeah. he'll know if something is seriously wrong, but we've always kind of, since Milo was a baby done everything together, like the baths, like our nightly routine, like even diapers, like people would come over to our house and be like, you guys are hilarious. Like you change his diaper together, like as a team. And yeah. we still do that. And it's really helped me be comfortable being able to go out and leave him and, and not worry about that. But 
in quarantine, it became a little bit different because I was home all day and my husband was still out working and our relationship, like that's when I realized like I was the default parent is what I call it. Like I'm the one who is like hovering over Milo all the time. Whereas my husband just kind of like bebops around the house and does what he has to do. But I'm like, um, I have to go pee. Is like, can you just watch Milo? And it's like, why do I have to say that? Like, why do I have to like announce when I have to leave the room, but he doesn't have to, he can just go take the garbage out, go do this, go do that. And so once I realized that we had that conversation and now it's way better, but it's, I think a lot of times moms, like you have these emotions or you're frustrated or irritated, but you don't really understand why. And then once you figure it out, it's so important to explain that to your partner so that you can make changes. But yeah. yeah. I, I was about to say, and also because those things, without realizing it, it can fester as well. Yes. So whereby yeah. Tove would, would be angry with me about something really, really small. And I'd be like, well, that's a over the top reaction but she wasn't angry with that little thing it was all the other stuff yeah you get this going on what you know all this it's just rather than look i need a hand here yeah. basically and then i always like to bring it up really late at night you know just like really tired yeah, yeah. Really wake tired. up wake up yeah. i have to tell you something yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I, I, we need to talk yeah. he's like oh now? no no why can't we talk and then i know we need to talk now <laughs> So to end, I thought you guys could give your like piece of advice to parents who might be in the fog. So Tova, I wanted you to like, what would your advice be to young moms who might be in the fog? And then Mike to like, what would his advice be to the dads? Oh, that's so cool. Wow. Wow. I I mean, I, I can only repeat what I already said, which is you know, the, uh, I, you never know what other people are going through. Uh, the perfect mom does not exist. It's, it's just not, it's not real. It doesn't exist. Everybody is, you know, everybody's struggling into, you know, maybe differently in different ways, but I don't know the whole comparing yourself, you know, I know it's easier said than done. Don't do it. And we all do it all the time, you know, but, um, I would say help is the key you know I, honestly it's so it's so ridiculous to me I, I it's one of the things i talk about in my show the example i give is the first time we gave my eldest a bath and how clueless i was and i was really stressed and i was obviously also not well and uh, my mom my own mother was standing in the room with me and she had three children right she's raised three kids and I would not let her help me because in my mind, I was so fixated on, I am a mother. I need to know how to do this. I need to be able to do this by myself. Um, and I just, I had such high expectations of myself. And you know what? We didn't even talk about mom guilt, but mom guilt is another thing that Mike helped me realize something uh, through just a, a, a change in perspective. I'm not going to bore you with the whole story, but we mentioned it on our podcast that we forgot our ki- our daughter's um, birthday assembly at school. And I was mortified by that because I really did feel like the worst parent in the world. How could you possibly do that? We, we eventually got there, by the way. She didn't notice, but we knew, we knew that we forgot and somebody rang us to remind us. And as we were walking out of the school after we had you know done everything to get there and got there on time I was like you know be you know really beating myself up and Mike turns around to me and he just goes 
wow, we are the best parents in the world. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, what? We just dropped everything and did like crazy to get there and be there with her. My parents would have never done that. We're amazing parents. And I just went, oh my God. Like, oh my God, it's all about perspective, that he was able to see the effort that we made. And all I was able to see was how we fucked up. And it's that, it's that, that's just so important. I just think we put ourselves under so much pressure. Um, And we should learn something, you know, from, you know, from people who are a bit kinder to themselves. I don't know what it is about women. We're so unkind (laughs) to ourselves, you know? But kind to everyone else. Yes, that's true. I think my only kind of nugget advice, I think, to mums or dads, doesn't really matter. Uh, If you've had your first, just had your first child, one mistake we did, don't overstimulate your child. My (laughs) God, we went to every class, every soft-paced session, every singing with Dana, dancing with this one, aqua aqua therapy. My God, this poor kid was cast around town. (laughs) She had no idea what she was running around this house is it good Oscar, how much for that spark what are we doing it was just but too swimming. much she was in swimming classes from three oh, months old and they, you know, they said, it's gonna help her i mean it took her forever to learn how to swim like finally now she swims <laughs> no at all the money we wasted on these crap courses because we thought that's what you do no, honestly. I love how your advice, like you see the man's <laughs> advice, is like so practical and to the money. We spent a lot of money. You don't need to spend that much. Yeah. Money. I'm like, mom, girl. <laughs> and you're like, just practically, don't take them to go. That's funny. That's, that's, I think about that now too, because part of mom guilt is. You know, I feel like I constantly have to be like interacting and engaging with Milo and like, like you said, like, oh, look at this and we're going to do this now and we're going to go outside, go to the park, do this. But I'm like, no, I'm going to put on Toy Story and it's okay to friggin' relax every once in a while and watch a show. Like, but you know, you put on a movie or a show for your child and all of a sudden mom guilt is like, like coming up and it's, it's fine. Like I sit and watch TV sometimes, like, so can he just chill. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, so exactly. thank you guys so much for talking about this topic. This is such an entertaining episode, but where can people find you guys? Like talk about your podcast, your book, just so people listening, Tova's book fucked at 40 is the December book for the mom room book club. I'm so excited. I'm already halfway done it. <laughs> um, so yeah, tell everybody where they can find you. Thank you so much. So the book Fucked 40 is available worldwide on Amazon um, and uh, the paperback's actually coming out in March and that has an extra episode, um, chapter. Um, yeah, yeah, I know, chapter. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and, um, and you can find me on Instagram at Tova underscore Lee, Facebook, my thoughts about stuff. Uh, YouTube, TikTok, and our podcast is called um, Till Death Do Us Pod, and it's everywhere you can find podcasts. Awesome. I need to join your Facebook group. I didn't know about that one. The Facebook page? Yeah. Yeah, that's my original. That's where I started. So it's Tova Lee, my thoughts about stuff, but you can just find Tova Lee and it comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. All right. 
Well, thank you guys so much. I'm still waiting for COVID to end and either I'm going to go there or you're going to come here and we're going to have beers at a pub. That's just what I imagine in my head, like having beers at a pub. (laughs) I don't know if it's his accent. It just, I'm like, oh, I need to go to a pub with these people. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for having us, Renee. Yes. Thank you guys so much. If you would like to show your support for the Mom Room podcast, please go to wherever you're listening and rate, review, and subscribe. It helps so much to keep us on the top of the charts in the kids and family uh, category, and it would be much appreciated. Thank you guys so much, and I will see you next time. (laughs) 